0: Hey friends, this is Cody, and this is the uh, That I May See podcast where we uh, pray that God will give us eyes that we may see wonderful things in His Word. Um, this week we will be in 1st and 2nd Chronicles as me and Miriam uh, just talk about the different kings in Israel and, and what it means to look at uh, a political leader's or a king's or, or a figure's uh, triumphs from a different perspective. Um, we live in a world where you know history often records uh, things from the top. And what you see in Scripture is that God oft, often wants us to see things from the bottom as well. He wants us to see things from the vantage point of the oppressed or the poor or the downcast, or the manipulated, the disenfranchised. He, he wants us to, to see things through their lens. Um, and so I'm just so thankful for the thoughts that, uh, we get to talk about this week, and yeah, welcome to that I may see.
1: Hey.
0: What's up? <laughs>
1: hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing good. I actually um, got a little <laughs> microphone to use for when <gasps> we podcast, so you sound amazing right? Oh, really? Sound good. really? Good.
0: Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. Like I was just thinking about that, like not, so I was like, what would happen if I got a mic or something? (laughs) And I was just like looking it up the fact that you already have one is so hilarious.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. This is my first time using it. I will say the instructions are only photos. And I just, I know for some people that's more clear, but like, I kind of would have liked some words. You're
0: a, you're a word person.
1: I am. I'm like, okay, what does this picture mean? You know, like I I truly truly don't understand. I ordered off Amazon. Um, I just found one that had good reviews that was like small, not like I'm opening my own recording studio. That's right. I, so was it like, how much was it? Like 30 bucks? It was something around that. Yeah. Um, I I I'll, I'll have menu. to look it up and see. I, I I'll send it to you. I was like I was going to see awesome. if it worked well and if it worked I was going to uh send you the link for it. So. Perfect. Perfect. How's um, how's your week been? It's been good. It's yeah, it's been a busy week. Um but it but it's been a lot of fun. We um we bought three new trees which is so exciting. So, um, and they're like pine trees. So I'm trying to, um, you know, I can't afford to buy a house in the woods. So I'm trying to slowly plant a forest around the house I currently live in um, Mm -hmm. to kind of give myself that vibe. Um, So, you know, we're only three trees into the forest, but I think we're going to get there
0: okay <laughs> so if i come back and hang out it's gonna be a huge jungle
1: yeah you're not gonna even be able to see the house now i'm just kidding these trees are not actually that big <laughs> that would be but so funny so i'm exciting. like what is
0: this place this neighborhood <laughs> like, has changed <laughs> overnight
1: <laughs> yeah uh nothing has really changed at all we did we did uh let's see what do we do somebody came over the other day and i w- that hadn't been at the house like for a long time, and I was like taking them around and showing them, like I hung up this picture and I got a plant. <laughs> you know, like That's I did hilarious. something this year. Uh, so, have you put oh, a lot man. of work into uh, decorating your place? Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, me; I'm pretty simple. I, gotta, I'm just like, Yo, I, I thought that. that was
1: gonna be the answer. Did you hang up your Black Panther poster? Oh, you're talking about my
0: office. Um,
1: no, well, I'm talking about your house, but did you hang up the Black Panther poster in your I office? I thought of my
0: office when, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I'm, did. Still, I'm still, still, Okay. Going okay. Really, like, first the office. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's has been so busy lately.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's Cody, this is What's exciting. Up? Zion and I are watching through the Marvel movies in order. Mm. And I, I'm realizing that I had actually not seen some of them and there are like major plot holes that are coming together. I'm like, (laughs) Whoa, the Tesseract showed up like so
0: long ago. Yeah. That's people don't realize like that. They planned that from the beginning. Like they planned when they kind of restarted Uh the Marvel cinematic universe with Iron Man. Like, they were they were basically like, yo, we want to make an Avengers movie eventually, and we want to center this whole universe around the Infinity Stones.
1: That is, I mean, I'm like seeing these Afin- Infinity Stones pop up, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, this would have helped so much. Because I went to see, let's see, Avengers, what was it, like Infin- Infinity War? Is that the uh-huh. name of it? and i like watched a little recap video before i went to that mm-hmm. and let's just say that did not help me understand what was happening
0: <laughs> that's hilarious
1: yeah so speaking
0: of <laughs> stones first chronicles
1: i'm just kidding
0: yes <laughs> you're like this um, i thought you were going to say stones.
1: they were making like i heard the phase 3 stuff dropped but that's beside the point oh where's so nice. it phase 4 what phase is it i the- can't remember anymore i think it's phase 4 okay well yeah well, first and second Chronicles is actually not two phases. It's actually was one book, which is why we're, we're kind of looking at it together. So. That's right. That's a good segue. How's that and, for a segue? I know. And what's
0: funny is, you you know, here's an illustration you could use. So in order to, one of the things, with the, I'm glad you actually, uh, that would be a good illustration. So, you know, kind of like what you're pointing out. The way that you understand the Infinity War movies, right, Mm -hmm. is if you've kind of been following along the whole time Mm, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so the cool thing about First and Second Chronicles is First and Second Chronicles is like a recap of everything that has happened um, so far uh, to a degree. It's about basically the entire kingdom of Israel starting from Saul and then basically going down into – um, the very we last, from can- exile. that's right. And, yeah. um, first Chronicles was written, uh, to it, the reason, it was, the reason there's a recap, cause you know, people are, okay. Why is there, why are there two books in the Bible or there's one entire book that basically tells what we've already been told, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this was written for the Babylonian captives. Um, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things they didn't want to happen is they didn't want to forget their history. Right. So, when, um, you know, Babylon comes in and Assyria comes in, these places come in, they destroy uh, Jerusalem and they destroy Judah. Uh, they destroy everything. I mean, like so much of their mm-hmm. written word. Uh, they destroy the temple, destroy, I mean, their entire way of life, like their mm-hmm. cultural life, they, they destroy it. And so um, First Chronicles and Second Chronicles is actually a really cool uh, concept that like, hey, we don't want our oppressed people to forget what happened to us and what happened before that. And, um, you know, one of the things I think about is uh, like even just colonialism, right? Mm. And how colonialism, what it does in so many different ways is it wipes out memory.
1: Wow. Yeah. And
0: and I think that's what's so interesting about God over and over again saying, remember, 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 like remember what Mm. it was like before this happened. And I think um, so many different oppressed people groups can find hope um, and articles would be like, Hey, here's a history of an oppressed people group before they were taken captive from their land and, and basically displaced and resettled. And I mean, you know, obviously African-Americans mm. can empathize with that uh, Afro Latinos and I mean, right. all different kinds of people. Um,
1: right. So, so, so that's, that's good- so good. I mean, I just think understanding that is just absolutely huge. And like, if you think about people reading this, like we're always trying to kind of to get down and say, like, we are not the first readers of scripture. Mm -hmm. And so we want to think about like, how did this hit those ears, you know, the first time. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think about somebody being in a Babylonian like living in captivity and mm-hmm. so for for these babylonian captives just to to hear this history and know and and to see in it even these bad kings which i think is kind of interesting mm-hmm. You think like why is that part of the history emphasized but i mm-hmm. think like really this is a like israel's story is always a story about the love of god and That's so right. you see God just like not letting go of Israel. And so it's like horrible things have happened before. And God has like, God has still kept opening that door for Israel to come back to him, for Judah mm-hmm. to come back to him, for his people. Like they always can come home. And so mm. I think that must have been such a comforting narrative to have held on to in the midst of in the midst of being under this like Babylonian captivity of that, like this is not the first time that things have been really bad.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. It's, it's, you know, the story of Israel. Yeah. It's about hope. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, will things always be this way? Right. And, and, um, you know, one of the things you see about, I, I think one of the things, Chronicles does and I just think it's interesting I don't know exactly what to do with it but mm. Chronicles kind of respins not I wouldn't say respin because it's telling the truth but it kind of gives you a triumphalistic view of David
1: yes it's it's interesting and,
0: I, and I'm sure you've noticed that you know so like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Samuel 1st Kings you know you see kind of the uh, a lot of just the this the awful things that David does you know, to Bathsheba, to even his own mm-hmm. sister. Um, I mean, all, all different, all kinds of different things. But this history does, it kind of portrays him in a uh, not perfect light, because I still think you see the ways in which God deals with his sin, even in First Chronicles. Mm-hmm. But you just, you don't see all the mess. What's going on is, even though David's um, not perfect and he's done a lot of uh, bad things, um the writer is still trying to tell us or tell his this is the king that you know that the the Messiah is gonna be a David. You know, mm-hmm. he's still gonna be a King David. And we know he is, but in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um in a in a you know, he's King David wasn't even uh that. And so um what, what do you think about? That?
1: Yeah, you know, I think. I mean, I think that is really true. I think he's being set up as this type that is, is more than the man himself, so to speak. That's right. That's right. And That's a good way of putting it. I also think that we have to, you know, read all of Scripture. And so, one thing that struck me as I was kind of reading through this is, is like, this is a history book. And it's written mm. for this, this very specific purpose. And like we, we talked earlier about the role of memory and mm-hmm. that they have, I mean, you know, cause you think about trauma, um, mm-hmm. trauma like makes the present feel like the only thing there is <laughs> and like That's the right. present pain. And mm. so actually being able to articulate your history Um, There's like a comfort there in that your identity is located outside of the present trauma that Mm. like actually like the fact that you were someone before this means that you also can be something after this. Mm. And so part of healing is being able to tell your story. And mm-hmm. to recognize that your story like actually started, you know, the fact that your story started before exile mm-hmm. tells you that like who you most fundamentally are is not these exiles in Babylon, but That's like right. the children of the living God. And That's so right. so that story is, is just is so huge. But all that to say. So I think first and second Chronicles, you know, it's this narrative, it's this history, um, it's this account, but we also can go to the Psalms and we can read what the emotions of Captain Mm. were, what the, what the feelings and the grief and the prayers of God's people at this time looked Mm. like. And we can go over and read the prophets like the book of Jeremiah and see Mm. how God felt about what was happening. And that's so, right. That's what I
0: love with the prophets. Yeah. They give us like that, they give us a they give us the perspective really from the ground mm-hmm. of happening when all these different kings are reigning. And, absolutely.
1: And so I yeah. think that's just crucial because I would never want someone to pick up first and second chronicles and be like, this is the whole story of how God saw David. Because that's mm-hmm. not the whole story. It's that's part right. of the story. But to understand right. how God saw David, you gotta also read the psalms you got to look at the prophets right. and see what god has to say about exploitation and then that's ultimately right. you have to end up in the gospels and see who like the true david was and that's then right. finally you go to revelation and you see what the actual like restored kingdom and temple is going to be um, that's right. so it's reading all of scripture
0: that's right and one thing i think is interesting about first chronicles is uh even though First Chronicles seems to shave off some of the mess of David, mm-hmm. you still can't get away from it. So, for example, in First Chronicles 21, uh, first verse says, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. Right? And we know David gets in a lot of trouble for this. And the reason David gets in trouble for this, the reason this is such a, the text says, such an even repulsive thing, um mm. to one of David's friends, this is repulsive to the sight of God. Like you know it says in verse six, but job did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering because the king's repulsive to him. Um, the command was also evil in the sight of God, so he Israel. Mm. So you're like, why is this so repulsive? He's just counting people.
1: Right, right? Right.
0: What's going on. And it's like what David is doing um, is he's doing exactly what God told them not to do, which mm. was, Try to build this kind of uh, great and triumphant army, so they would put their trust in, you know, what the Bible says, like horses and chariots. Right. And 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 David gets in trouble for this. And and if you think of like this is, this is Israel's entire history, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, if you want it down to like its simplest form, Israel never truly trusts the Lord. Even their greatest king. Right, even David, right? Now remember, this is interesting. David's changed Mm -hmm. because David wasn't counting. David didn't take a census when he fought Goliath, right, right, right. He just is like, hey, you know, let me let me get these five smooth stones. You know, it's like God was literally using uh, weakness to to Mm -hmm. defeat Goliath, and now David thinks that God's purposes will be accomplished in strength, right? And that's such a fundamental. Uh, misunderstanding of Christianity mm-hmm. and of the Bible that so many people in our country and in the United States don't seem to get is they think right. that the kingdom of God and the church and Christianity and biblical principles will move forward, uh, most triumphantly in brute force
1: hmm. and
0: is that is played out into how we relate to, you know, I, I would say I would I would kind of put even more pressure, more so on Christian men, um, mm. especially even even white Christian men. That there is this um, temptation to be uh, David, not in the way that he trusts the Lord, but in the way that he puts trust in himself to accomplish wow. um, task And you see that, that that's the way in which, you know, men interact with women. You see, uh, <laughs> you know there's this fear and, hmm. and uh, you know, you see it even in books like Jesus and John Wayne and, you know, uh, Amy Bird's book on biblical uh, womanhood and manhood. Mm-hmm. And it's all these different toxic ways in which uh, the powerful, even within the church interact right. with those who don't have power. Hmm. Um, and, you
1: know, yeah. So here's a question that, that kind of came to me as I was reading this is you see kind of just played out in full color, how much the people should have heeded the warnings about not getting a king. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. And
1: um, it's just like everything God said that the kings would do and more. It's like they're acquiring horses. They're acquiring their women. They're uh, they're Yep. Uh, they're enslaving people. They're—I mean, just everything that's, right. that's like God—and and you just read the story, and you're like, "Oh, why did they not listen?" And you mm. still see God's faithfulness to them. He still—you know—God doesn't give up on them just because they—they they disobeyed, they were foolish, they didn't listen. But it, it did make me think, what, like, so God said, "No kings. Like, don't don't do it. It's a mistake." And yet they end up adopting this whole, just like they buy in completely to the monarchy. That's right. And it, it just made me think, what other systems mm-hmm. are we in our day, like ignoring the Bible's warnings about, ignoring mm-hmm. God's warnings about, and God's continuing to be gracious. He's still on the move. He's not rejecting us, but how much, how much are we going to look back and say how much harm was done? Because, you know, I mean, I was thinking for it's like, I think about stuff with money, like Mm -hmm. wealth, you know, it's like I can just feel the allure so quickly of just being able to have a little more in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And God warns so much about that. And I don't think the Lord's going to, not be there for me if I hang on to you know kind of build up my savings or you know mm. I'm not saying that's wrong in and of itself but it's like am I just throwing out things that scripture like really strongly warns against yeah like the ways in which we yeah. can become controlled by um by economics instead of that's by the, the economics of the kingdom you know I mean I think like is capitalism something that we're gonna look back and be like why did we swallow that? Like why did the church swallow <laughs> yep. that? That's right.
0: Well, it's it's you know at, at the at it's kind of um at its core sin is about power.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: So sin is not just oh, I'm 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 disobeying God's commands. Sin is trying to function apart from the authority and the power of God to take power into our own hands and so um when, you know, we talk about greed, right? Greed is trying to uh, attain security and safety and comfort apart from God, mm-hmm. right? Like trying to store up your treasures here on earth or, or trying to accumulate as much as you can, not being, you know, not sharing, not being generous, not not giving abundantly. And and we do that mm-hmm. because, uh, because we want power. And um, one of the things I think of, like, I think, the reason Israel is so drawn to a king is because we all are, right? Like we're right. all drawn to to have a king, but but what what they're doing is they're looking for a, a kingly figure in an illegitimate way, right? So like mm. un, underneath all sin are legitimate desires, okay? Right. But what sin is, it is, it is the uh, desire to attain those things, in illegitimate ways. So, for example, you know, um, stealing. Right. Mm. So, some people will take things to survive. Now, obviously, I think the Lord is gracious with those who are trying to survive. But the Bible still says, even in that those cases, stealing is wrong. And so, they're they're trying to have a level of safety that they, that that society is not giving them, and they're doing so apart from God, mm. right? And and you see this. I even think you see this. With pornography, like pornography, um, uh, so much of the research talks about um, that the reason so many people look at pornography is to feel a level of comfort and safety mm. and, and to feel in such a way to where you don't have to be vulnerable. Mm. Um, but like the, the desire comfort for comfort without vulnerability, that's right. So like desire for comfort, desire for safety and desire for a connection and love; those are legitimate desires. When we try to get those things in <laughs> illegitimate ways, that's when that's what that's what sin is. And Israel is looking for a legitimate thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But they're
0: doing it the wrong way. And I just think it's interesting that, like, God goes to Israel at the very beginning of their you know kind of consolidated existence, and He says, "I'm your king." And they're like, we don't want you as a king, we want a human as a king. And then what happens is they finally get a human king in Jesus, but also in God, right? It's like in His grace, God says, you know what? I'm This one time, I'm going to let you have your cake and eat it too. I'm going to give you a human king who is also a divine king as well. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what's just so beautiful about how God even enters into our sin And, and he's just so gracious with us and the things that we ask for. I mean, Dad gum, if I got everything I asked for. um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would not, it would not be good. God's gracious to us. So often gracious to us when we are not, uh, we think we know it's good for us. And, and I think like, over and over in the Bible, we say, trust the heart of God for you. Like it's what you were saying earlier. That is Israel's fundamental error. They don't, they cannot believe that God loves them. Mm -hmm. And yet that's the chorus that is sung in the temple, the faithful love of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I've thought a lot about like reading through this and the temple, And how much is put into the temple and there's this you know this image mm-hmm. of the temple and then we and and so much is put into making it beautiful making it um like just god cares so much about the temple and like when you read mm-hmm. that you're kind of like this is a bit odd like why this mm-hmm. building why these you know craftsmen why the gold the like all this different stuff and then when you see, get to Jesus and he's like, oh, that could be destroyed. Like, we don't need that. Um, it totally puts it all in perspective of like God's care for the temple is that like God has always intended to dwell with and in his people. And so mm-hmm. the the effort that's put into the temple is just supposed to be a, li- a little glimpse for us, a little picture of the care I think that ultimately God has for us. Mm-hmm. And like God wants the church to be beautiful um because we are we are like god is like it says going to make his home with us Mm -hmm. and it's just the that theology like if you really read through and like try to imagine what it would have been like the way israel thought about the temple Mm -hmm. and then to think about peter sitting down and writing a letter to the church and saying you are the temple of the living God or like in Paul and Corinthians right. where he says, he says, um, don't you realize like you are the temple of the living God. And that you yeah. there is plural. He says, you all, you guys are the temple of the living God. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> like well, try to grasp that from um, a yeah.
0: viewpoint. Yeah. Well, and, and what even I think is interesting, like if you go to, um, just like one of the things this story is trying to get us to look at again is like what it means to do justice and righteousness, mm. right? And how that is the core—that is the core to human life—is justice and righteousness. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you go to Second Chronicles ten, you know you have uh, you have Solomon's son Rehoboam, mm-hmm. and the people go to Rehoboam. Um, and they say, your father put a heavy yoke on us. Think about that for a moment. Hmm. Does that taint our view of Solomon? You know like mm-hmm. th- this mm-hmm. wise king, I mean we, we've talked about this before, but, you know Solomon enslaved people to help build the temple. right and And I think it's interesting because you know second chronicles first second chronicles are linked they're a lot shorter than first Samuel through second Kings So, which means there's a lot of information they're not putting in these books. So, whatever there, whatever is in there, you're like, huh? They're really trying to get us to look at this again. And it tells this same story, right? So, Queen Sheba comes to Solomon, and she says, um, you know, because of the love of your God uh, for Israel, and his, whatever he has made you king over there to maintain justice and righteousness and it's the Mm -hmm. very next chapter that they go to his son and they say hey your father was not good to us yeah wow. he says you know your father put a heavy yoke on us but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you i think this is what this is what um oppressors don't realize is if you lighten the yoke people will uh help you right Mm -hmm. like People, you're like, You don't have to force people to serve you.
1: Hmm. This is the
0: beautiful thing about Jesus, right? I hmm. mean, uh, when yeah. you think about Jesus, Jesus says, like, my yoke is, is not heavy. Right. My burden, my is, burden is light. And now for, for 2,000 years, you've had millions of people giving their lives for him. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he has not put a heavy yoke on them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because his burden is light and he loves them. And so um, he's trying to get us to look at it again um, of, of how to treat people, yeah. you know, like if you're a leader, like it just, it, you know, uh, it, I don't know if you heard about, uh, Mark Driscoll again, um, this no, ministry but- the past few days. Um, but it's, you know, I don't want to go into all the details of that, but you can, you can Google it. And, um, but it's just like, I don't know what it is. There's this, when some of these pastors, there's just this desire to control, and, and to manipulate and to like just keep um, people in your grasp,
1: like mm-hmm. you got
0: your hand on their neck, and it's like, yo, God does not rule that way. That's not how He is. That's why G- That's why people. That's why people hated Solomon, but they love Jesus. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they're that, way different. That is
1: a great summary. Like you can read. First and Second Chronicles, and you may see things that you're like, "Ah, David was a cool dude, or Josiah, that was cool what he did. But at the end of the day, Israel's kings are going to leave you unsatisfied, just like they left the people of Israel unsatisfied. And even in the times of peace, it wasn't peace for everybody. And Jesus will not Disappoint he is that's what we mean When we talk about he's a better Solomon he's a Better David he's what David that's was right. Always supposed to be like The true king And one of the lessons that you see In you know first and second kings first and second Samuel first and second chronicle is As goes the king so goes the kingdom And right. it is Only with Jesus on the throne that God's People are okay
0: Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely And <laughs> Um, that you know that that reminds us of even our own political leaders, mm. right? It is important what kind of person you, like your leader is. Yeah, that you know that I you know during the the Trump era that was one of my biggest like frustrations. Um, and and Trump's not the only bad president we've ever had, so you know right. I'm not, I'm not right, picking right. on him. I'm just saying this is the rhetoric I hear so much, and people are just in love with him. <laughs> is they'd say, well, you know, he's kind of rough around the edges, and it's like no. He's a serial adulterer and like makes fun of the oppressed and the most vulnerable in our society. He is a, he is a deeply immoral person. And right. what that, what that has is that has ripple effects. That's why um, there was a theologian who wrote a really good article around the election season. And he was just, that was basically the premise of his, his articles like, Hey, like if you read out throughout the history of Israel, like, the Kings always influenced the rest of the society. Hmm. You know, like they always like if a King, like if you read first Saint Chronicles, you read first Saint Kings. If the King was immoral, then the people became immoral. Yeah. If the, if the King Absolutely. walked away from God, people walked away from God. And, and that's, it's, I don't think it just applies to King applies to all kinds of leaders that leaders aren't just reflections of the people, but they actually lead the people either into, um, you know, wickedness or righteousness.
1: Uh huh. Oh man, well it's good. I I gotta run, but this is such a good conversation. Okay. Sorry, I got someone at my door. Yeah, here.
0: <laughs> it's okay.
1: Thank you so much, Mary. But hey, it was it was really really good to get to talk about this, and I I really yeah. appreciated the perspective that you brought to just setting the context to reading these books. I think is huge, and that's gonna come and play when we get into Ezra and Nehemiah in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks. So I'm excited Amen. for that too. You take care, Cuddy. All, right.
0: All right. Bye. All right. Bye.